Hello everyone and welcome to the Unanswered Questions True Crime Podcast. I have spent hours and hours investigating this. He basically told her that people have been killed. Journalists, independent investigators, people like that disappeared. It frightened her to the bone. There's more to the story than meets the eye. There were rumors of torture and homicide and sexual abuse, all sorts of egregious, horrendous crimes. He was polygraphed three times each of those three show divisions. His resumes were a skeleton of truth. He was mad at the world, particularly mad at the government. The study that he commissioned had described a fictional terrorist attack. If people have died over this, it means you're getting close to the truth. You don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to say, what the fuck? Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of my new podcast, Unanswered Questions, where every week we will endeavour to discuss a mysterious unsolved case that has many lingering unanswered questions. So I hope you enjoy and as always leave me some feedback on what you think about the show and rate it as well. Now on to the show. This week we'll be talking about the infamous American sniper Chris Kyle. Christopher Scott Kyle, born April 8th of 1974 and died February 2nd of 2013, was a United States Navy SEAL sniper. He served four tours in the Iraq War and was awarded several commendations for acts of heroism and meritorious service in combat. He has 160 confirmed kills and was awarded the Silver Star, three Bronze Star medals with V devices for Valor, and Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal with V device, as well as other numerous other unit and personal awards. Kyle was honorably discharged from the U.S. Navy in 2009 and published his best-selling autobiography, American Sniper, in 2012. An eponymous film adaption of Kyle's book, directed by Clint Eastwood and starring Bradley Cooper as Kyle, was released two years later. In 2013, Kyle was murdered by Eddie Ray Routh at the Rough Creek Lodge shooting range near Chalk Mountain, Texas. Ruth, a former Marine with post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD, was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Now we get into Carl's early life and education. Christopher Scott Carl was born on April 8th of 1974 in Odessa, Texas, the oldest of two boys born to Deborah Lynn Nee Mercer and Wayne Kenneth Kyle, a Sunday school teacher and deacon. His father bought Kyle his first rifle at the age of eight, a bolt-action 306 Springfield rifle and later a shotgun with which they hunted deer, peasant and quail. Kyle and his brother grew up raising up to 150 head of cattle at a time. Kyle attended high school in, and I'm going to butcher this name, Midlothian, Texas, and after graduating in 1992, became a professional bronco rider and ranch hand. However, his professional rodeo career ended abruptly when he severely injured his arm so much so that he had to have pins put in it. He attended Tarleton State University for two years, that being 1992 to 1994, studying ranch and range management. Now we get into his military career. Carl went to a military recruiting office as he was interested in joining the U.S. Marine Corps Special Operations. A U.S. Navy recruiter, however, convinced him to try instead for the SEALs. He enlisted in the United States Navy on August 5th of 1998 and began basic training on February 10th of 1999. He graduated from basic training at Naval Station Great Lakes, Illinois in April of 1999. He attended additional training as an intelligence specialist at MNITC Dam Neck, Virginia, from April to July of 1999 and at NPC Millington, Tennessee from August 1999 to March 2000. 
Initially, Kyle was rejected because of the pins in his arm, but he eventually received an invitation to the 24-week basic underwater demolition slash sea air land seal training BUDS at NAB Coronado, California. Kyle graduated with class 233 in March of 2001, followed by seal qualification training SQT at NAB Coronado from May to August of 2001. Assigned to SEAL Team 3 Sniper Element Platoon Charlie, later Cadillac, within the Naval Special Warfare Command and with four tours of duty, Kyle served in many major battles of the Iraq War. His first long-range kill shot was taken during the initial invasion when he shot a woman carrying a hand grenade approaching a group of Marines. CNN reported the woman was cradling a toddler in her other hand. As ordered, Kyle opened fire, killing the woman before she could attack. Now we come to his career as a military sniper. Kyle proved to be an effective sniper in Iraq with a large number of confirmed and unconfirmed kills. Kyle's shooter's statements, which are filled out by every sniper after a mission, were reported to higher command who kept them in case any shootings were contested as outside the rules of engagement. The publisher HarperCollins states, and I quote, The Pentagon has officially confirmed more than 150 of Kyle's kills, the previous American record was 109, but it has declined to verify the total number for this book, end quote. In his autobiography, Carl wrote, The Navy credits me with more kills as a sniper than any other American service member past or present. I guess that's true. They go back and forth on what the number is. One week, it's 160, the official number as of this writing for what that's worth. Then it's way higher. Then it's somewhere in between. If you want a number, ask the Navy. You may even get the truth if you catch them on the right day. End quote. On July 8th of 2016, the US Navy corrected Kyle's DD Form 214 regarding some decorations listed on his original discharge document. The original discharge papers issued to him upon leaving the service tally with the account given in his autobiography, that being two silver stars and five bronze stars with valor. The Navy revised it to one silver star and four bronze stars with valor. The Navy said Kyle would have played no role in the production of his personnel files other than signing the DD 214 upon his discharge, and after thoroughly reviewing all available records, the Navy determined an error was made and issued a corrected copy of the DD-214." Now we get into the weapons that he used. While in training, Kyle used four different rifles in order to know which weapon was the most useful in the given situation. In the field, he used the following. A semi-automatic 7.62 NATO MK-11 sniper rifle, patrol. A 5.56 NATO MK-12 designated marksman rifle modified with the lower receiver of an M4A1 to get a collapsible stock and allow full auto fire, urban patrol. A Remington 700-300 later type classified as a MK-13 Mod 1 300 Winchester Magnum sniper rifle with Macmillan stock and customized barrel, which was later replaced with a 300 Winchester Magnum Accuracy International, and various rifles chambered in .338 Lepore Magnum used for long-range shooting. Now we get into his post-military life. Carl left the U.S. Navy in 2009 and moved to Midlothian, Texas, I do apologize if I get that name wrong, with his wife Taya and two children. He was president of Kraft International, a tactical training company for the U.S. military and law enforcement communities. In 2012, HarperCollins released Carl's autobiography, American Sniper. Carl had initially hesitated to write the book, but was persuaded to move forward because other books about SEALs were underway at the time. In his book, Carl wrote bluntly of his experiences of the battle for control of Ram sorry if I get that name wrong, he says, and I quote, force moved that battle. We killed the bad guys and brought the leaders to the peace table. That's how the world works, 
End quote. In the book and ensuing interviews, Kyle stated he had no regrets about his work as a sharpshooter, saying, and I quote, I had to do it to protect the Marines. End quote. American Sniper had a 37-week run on the New York Times bestseller list and brought Kyle national attention. Following its release, media articles challenged some of Kyle's anecdotes, but the core of his narrative was widely accepted. Tales of his heroism on the battlefield were already law in every branch of the armed forces, writes Michael J. Mooney, author of A Biography of Kyle. Now we get into the American Sniper book that Kyle wrote. American Sniper, the autobiography of the most lethal sniper in US military history, is a work of autobiographical creation non-fiction by United States Navy SEAL Chris Kyle, written with Scott McEwen and Jim DeFelsey. I'm sorry if I get those names wrong. The book was published by William Morrow and Company on January 2nd of 2012 and appeared on the New York Times bestseller list for 37 weeks. The memoir has sold over 1.2 million copies across all formats, that being hardcover, paper, and ebook, including 700,000 copies in 2015 alone, making it one of the best-selling books of 2015. It landed atop all the major bestsellers lists, including the aforementioned The New York Times, as well as Publishers Weekly and USA Today, and it reached number two on Amazon. Its film adaption, directed by Clint Eastwood and starring actor Bradley Cooper as Kyle, was released in 2014. Now we get into the plot overview. American Sniper tells the story of Chris Kyle, a Navy SEAL who completed four tours in Iraq from 1999 to 2009. The book describes Kyle's upbringing in Odessa, Texas, Navy SEAL training and combat experiences in Iraq. Kyle describes his role in the Battle for Control of Ramadi events that led to Iraqi insurgents nicknaming Kyle the Devil of Ramadi and placing a bounty on his head. He writes that after his first confirmed kill, quote, The others come easy. I don't have to psych myself up or do something special mentally. I look through the scope, get my target in the crosshairs, and kill my enemy before he kills one of my people. Now we get into the Memorial Edition. In 2013, after Kyle's death, a Memorial Edition was published, which includes more than 80 pages of remembrances by his parents, his wife Taya, his brother, lifelong friends, Marcus Luttrell, and other fellow SEALs, veterans, and wounded warriors, and many others. Kyle paired with Fitco Cares Foundation, a non-profit organization which created the Heroes Project to provide free in-home fitness equipment, individualized programs, personal training, and life coaching to in-need veterans with disabilities, Gold Star families, or those with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. On August 13th of 2012, Kyle appeared on the reality television show Stars Earn Stripes, which featured celebrities pairing up with a special operations or law enforcement professional who trained them in weapons and combat tactics. Kyle was teamed with actor Dean Cain. Now we get into the controversies of Chris Kyle's book. First, we start with the Jesse Ventura defamation lawsuit, which is the most well-known of the controversies surrounding Chris Kyle in his book American Sniper. In his book American Sniper, Kyle wrote a subchapter titled Punching Out Scruff Face about an alleged altercation in a bar. In the book, he claims he punched a man he refers to as Scruff Face for allegedly saying, quote, you deserve to lose a few guys, end quote, and being critical of the Iraq war. According to Kyle, the account counter took place at McPee's, a bar in Coronado, California, on October 12th of 2006, during a wake for Kyle's comrade Michael A. Moonsaw, a U.S. Navy SEAL who had been killed in Iraq. Petty Officer Moonsaw was promiscuously awarded the Medal of Honor on April 8th of 2008 for his actions in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom on September 29th of 2006. On February 4th of 2012, Kyle appeared on Opening and Anthony to discuss his book. On the show, Kyle alleged the character Scruff in his book is former governor of Minnesota, Jesse Ventura. 
<laughs> There's someone on the line saying that you, had, you were in a bar fight with Jesse Ventura. Is that true? Oh, my God. Probably, is it? Yes. You oh, know? shit. Oh, let's get into this. Yeah, I would Can like to. Can talk about it? I was going to ask you how you felt about it. Because we, 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 I don't know. How did, how did, how do you explain there was a, that? There was a verbal altercation no, but, in here. But between... he used to come on our show and it was all right. We, we didn't agree with a lot of the stuff he said, but we had an okay. Thank you for your service. But then we had a moment where right. he walked off our show because we just killed him with knowledge. Yeah, we, we really a, did. A big argument. Especially Jim. We had a big argument. Mm. Okay. What so, happened in the bar? Yeah, what happened? You were in a bar and. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> We, uh, we had just come back from our 06 deployment when we lost our guys. We were having a wake for the guy who got the Medal of Honor, Mikey Monsoor, and he happened to be there. He was coming in for a graduating buds class that he was going to speak to, and he was upset with the war. He doesn't agree with it, mm. which is fine. I, you don't have to agree with the war. I just get sent there. I don't have to agree with politics. I signed up to serve the country. The country tells me what to do. Mm-hmm. He was making it known that he did not agree with it, and I approached him and said, hey, you know what? It's not the place. I appreciate it, but we are having a wake. It was the SEAL bar there in town. I said, we're having the wake here. The family's here. I would appreciate it if you just kind of keep it down. He told us that we were killing innocent people over there, men, women, children, that we were murderers, and I said, you know what? We can all have our differences. That's, that's fine, but please just don't upset the family. Yeah. And then he said that, you know, we deserve to lose a few guys. Holy shit. Jesse said that? Yes. What the fuck is wrong with him? So, by the way, all you guys out there that attacked me because I fucking attacked him, uh, good. I'm glad to hear uh, that. He really is a douche. And what happened when he said that to you? Did you grab his ponytail? No. You slugged him? Good. <laughs> I punched him. I punched him. <laughs> good. Where'd you punch him? Bravo. In the face. Did, what happened? Uh, that's when you take a headshot. <laughs> well, I mean, Jesse Ventura, he's big man. He's an older guy. Too. Yeah, he's and an older of guy. Of course, all the guys then started making fun of me. So, what geriatric you got? <laughs> <to get today? laughs> yeah, of course. Well, wait, when you hit him, did he hit you back or? No, he he went down. You oh, hey, like out? Down. Like I like no, was he? Like, I don't think he was out. It definitely took him off balance. He went down and. But the ref wasn't looking. The, never are. Did his walker fall with him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he fell out of his wheelchair. <laughs> he's wow. a big dude. Wow, he, he went got, down. He's a big dude. He's a fuck. He's still Jesse the body. I mean, he's an older guy, but he's still did a he, big, strong. Did, did he awkwardly get up and have to walk out of the place? I don't know. I took off running because the cops were already outside, and <laughs> as soon as I hit him, I knew seal party, seal bar, cops are watching. They saw the whole thing happen, so I took oh, off running. Yeah. So Jesse Ventura said to a SEAL at a, in a bar where there was a wake for a SEAL, you deserve to lose a few guys. Yeah, yes, the back of the book segment tonight, you may remember controversy ensued last month when Navy SEAL Chris Kyle wrote in his book, American Sniper, about punching out a former governor who turned out to be Jesse Ventura. Bill O'Reilly recently spoke with Kyle. So, Chief, I read your book. Very entertaining. I recommend it for uh, my audience. I think they'll like it. First of all, you say you knocked Jesse Ventura to the floor with a punch. Now, you don't mention his name, but everybody knows who that is. Number one, that, that happened? You knocked him out? Yeah. Well, I knocked him down. Knocked him down. Why? Why would you punch Ventura? Uh, it was in 06. was the year that we lost our first two SEALs in Iraq. We came home, we lost our last guy just before coming home. We had the wake in a uh, seal bar there in Coronado. 
And he was there. He was there for a speaking engagement at a bud ceremony, graduating class. Because he was a SEAL, right? He he's, yes, sir. was a Navy SEAL. So he was bad-mouthing the war, right? Bad-mouthing the war, bad-mouthing Bush, bad-mouthing America. And you took exception? I did find a problem with it. The family was there. I asked him to please tone it down, that we did not want to upset the family members of Mikey Monsoor. Who was killed? Yes, sir. And he earned the Medal of Honor. He jumped on a grenade and saved everybody else around. But I want to be clear, Ventura wasn't attacking him at all, verbally bashing him. He was just bashing the whole thing in general. Yes, sir. Until right. he said, we deserve to lose a few guys. He said, we deserve to, we, the United States. No, he said, you, y'all, deserve to lose a few guys. Navy SEALs. I, I'm assuming he was saying that to me. Was he drunk? No, sir. I never saw him with a drink in hand at all. So once he said, you deserve to lose a few guys, you popped him? Yes, sir. Did he fight back? Uh, he went down. The cops were there. I took off running. <laughs> you ran? Yes, sir. Did they arrest you? No, sir. I, uh, I have a master chief that always said, punch and run. Now, if I ask you a tough question, you're going to pop me tonight? I'm not. Of course, not <laughs> no, do that. Sir. But no, okay, I'm good. All right, now, the other thing in the book is that you are credited with 150 certified kills, which means you as a sniper uh, took out 150 guys, and somebody else saw it, witnessed it. So you are the most lethal sniper in U.S. history, and you have the medals to prove it. Five bronze stars, two silver stars, and all of that. What struck me in the book, though, is that you considered the people you were killing, the Iraqis you were killing, quote-unquote, savages. The people I was killing, not just Iraqis. Why yes. did you consider the enemy savages? From their actions, the way they live day-to-day -day as far as the violence they commit on American troops, the beheadings, the, the rape of innocent villagers and townspeople that they go into just to intimidate them. Uh, they live by putting fear into other people's hearts, and civilized people just don't act that way. You were so effective in Iraq that they put $20,000 on your head. If one of them had killed you, they would have been paid $20,000. Do you believe that they considered you a savage? I'm sure they did. I, honestly, I don't know, and I really don't care. So you were committed to killing these people because you and your heart believe that they deserve to die. I wasn't so much committed to killing them as I was, I'm committed to making sure every service member that was over there, whether American or allied, came home. But as a sniper, your job is to kill them, not wound them, not arrest them. You have to have a certain mentality to be a sniper. Yes, You're sir. killing them. Oh, I'm killing them to protect my fellow Americans. And you liked it. I, I liked that job. In that book, that comes, you yes. know, you, it was a, your wife didn't want you to do it. She wanted you to stay home. You went back. How many times did you go back? Four times. Four times. You liked killing these guys. Did you ever figure that out? Well, I mean, it, it's not a problem taking out someone who wants your people dead. That's not a problem at all. Do you ever now, looking back, have any regrets at all about anything that you did? Yes, I do. And it's the people I couldn't save. The Americans you couldn't save were yes. the Allied forces. Americans, the local Iraqis, anyone who I witnessed violence coming down on them, and I could not save them.
That's your regret. Yes, sir. You don't have uh, post-traumatic stress or anything like that or, you know, that you killed so many human beings. That doesn't come, come back at you. None of my problems come from the people I've killed. It's very fascinating. And that's why I want people to read your book, because I think if they do, if they read your book, uh, Chief, American Sniper, they'll understand what war is really about. Because I think too many of us don't understand what war is really about. Well, I mean, war is hell. It's definitely... Hollywood fantasizes about it, makes it look good. It's war sucks. But they need guys like you to win. You it definitely you have to get in the mentality and you have to not think of them as a human being. You you have to portray them as that's why I put Savage. Savage, definitely. Right. All right, Chief, thanks very much. We appreciate you coming on in. Well, thank you for having me. Following the allegations, Ventura denied the incident had happened or having ever met Carl. Network. Uh, Governor Jesse Ventura, uh, we've seen a big national news story claiming that uh, this Navy SEAL who just had a book come out this week uh, at a bar knocked you down and then ran away because you were saying you were glad that Navy SEALs were dead. I mean, it sounds like something out of the Twilight Zone. Well, Alex, anyone that's ever heard me talk knows that that's not true at all. I have no idea uh, why this person is saying it or for what purpose it's to serve. But, you know, if he if he stated that he struck me, knocked me down and then fled, um, I want people to understand clearly he's confessing them to the crime of assault. And it's assault on a former governor, uh, an elected official, a former elected official twice. I want to clear his name because he's confessing to assaulting me and it didn't happen. I can unequivocally tell you that I've never been punched in Coronado, California since I've been out of the Navy. I got out of the Navy in active duty in 1973. And I've never been struck by anyone. I've been out there multiple times for uh, reunions that are the third weekend in August every year. And uh, this may have been the graduation, what he's talking about in 06 of, of class 258, because it's traditional that when 100 years, I was class 58, when 158 graduated back, I believe in the 80s, uh, I went to that graduation because that's a tradition. And then when 258 graduated in 2006, I believe it was, I went to that. But uh, And McPee's Bar is owned by uh, uh, Doc McPartland, who was my SEAL cadre instructor. When I just came out of training, he, he instructed me in SEAL SBI, SEAL Basic Indoctrination. And he owns that establishment. And I would never, ever misbehave in, in the doc's establishment. I have too much respect for him. And if people truly want to clear this up, call him. Call McPees, because if a former governor within the SEAL community had been knocked down and hit and assaulted, uh, it would have traveled through the SEAL community like wildfire. And uh, for this to now say it happened five and a half or six years after it happened, that's absurd. But I want to state that even though this person is confessing to committing a crime against me of assault, I want to state unequivocally he is not guilty of that crime because he never hit me. I don't even know who he is. I'm, if I've met him or not, I don't know it. Uh, his name, I don't even know it right now as I talk to you. 
I just know that he uh, he made accusations that he hit me back in 06, I guess, and that he fleed the bar. Uh, if that was true, Alex, maybe I should go up since he's confessing to a crime. Maybe I should go up and file the charges. There are, and if he did do this and and said police were coming or whatever it was he stated, um, wouldn't there be a police report? I can assure you there isn't one, and I can assure you this event did not happen. Uh, nobody has ever hit me when I've been up there Other, uh, since I've been off active duty. Let me categorize that. I got off active duty in 73. Nobody there have I ever been in any trouble or did anything but reunions and, and, and uh, uh, graduations or whatever it might have been or retirement. I, uh, and, and the thing is, you're never at McPee's alone. You're there with your teammates and your classmates and you're all celebrating. When you go to McPee's, there'll be at least five or six guys with you. Well, I would sure like to he hear of a witness that saw of this event because it never happened. It's plain and that simple. And what does concern me is that this is two times now within about a two week period where the mainstream media has has ran with something that was completely untrue. As you know, they stated that I was tailgating a car a couple weeks ago out in the San Fernando Valley on the way to the airport, and that was solely not true because I haven't been to California uh, for six months, and I haven't flown in an airplane for 15 months, and you can attest to that because you were with me the last time I flew in a commercial airliner, and that was over well over a year ago. So it's two times now that that bogus, serious, false stories have been perpetuated out there by the mainstream media against me. And I guess, Alex, I can only say I get, maybe because I'm rattling my sword about the elections, maybe because I support Ron Paul, who's not popular or, whatever, or, or they say he's fringe because he stands for peace. Maybe because I support peace and not war in this country now, uh, that makes you a target for the people that do support war. I don't know. I'm only speculating there, but I'll let you have it, Alex, and you can speak. But I, I just want to tell you unequivocally, this event did not happen. And I can't speak to anything else that uh, this person would say because I don't know him. To my knowledge, I've never, ever even met him. Maybe I have. I don't know. But, uh, but you know, you meet a lot of the younger guys, but you don't recall who they are. But never have I ever been hit or treated disrespectfully in the Navy UDT SEAL community at McPee's bar or any official UDT SEAL function in any way. In fact, I'm treated with honor and dignity at all times. So uh, I don't know where this story or why this young gentleman wants to plead that he committed a crime against me, but I can unequivocally plead for his innocence because the event never happened. Uh, Governor... So he, 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 yeah. Uh, Governor Jesse Ventura joins us from Mexico down on the Baja via audio. Skype so there's a bit of a delay when I talk to him. Uh, Tyrell was just able to get a hold of him yesterday. Uh, this strangely enough happened right as Jesse drove his RV into Mexico and was out of phone reach for three days driving to the Baja. Uh, he drove uh, because he refuses to fly all the way from Minnesota to Baja, and he just learned from his son that on Bill O'Reilly's Fox, 
on at least 10 other Fox shows, syndicated radio, newspapers. They are all reporting as if it's absolute fact. Here's a Fox News headline. Navy SEAL sniper punched out Jesse Ventura. But, sir, uh, his name is Chris Kyle. He has a book coming out. He's starting a big mercenary firm to train domestic law enforcement to, quote, deal with the domestic insurgents. So it, it, it gets into the whole NDAA. They're kind of setting him up as this big hero and you the villain. But this is not the main issue. So you're you're categorically denying, saying, call the owner of the bar, uh, who was, you know, one of your main trainees when you were in SEALs decades ago. Obviously, this would have been out in the news beforehand, but that's not the big issue. And I'm sad to have to raise this to you, but, but I know in your Facebook comment, also posted at InfoWars.com, you've responded. He has gone on all these shows and 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 said it's terrible. There's the family with the wake. He's talking bad about this Congressional Medal of Honor winner. And and I say, please stop. And Jesse says, they deserve to die. You deserve to die. I mean, clearly the most horrible thing you could say designed to destroy your character. If this isn't defamation, I don't know what is. It's one thing to say, I'm a tough guy. I, you know, knocked Jesse Ventura down and then ran away, which makes no sense. And then to defame the SEALs and say they teach us to punch you once and run away. I've been contacted by SEALs and others saying that's pure bull. But the fact, Governor, that he would say that you were celebrating in front of a family the death of their son. Uh, I mean, this is incredible, Governor. What do you say to that? Well, I say that, you know, that's, you know, I, I have never supported the Iraq war. And let me say this clearly. Wars are not caused by the soldiers, the sailors, and the airmen. Wars are caused by politicians. Politicians take us to war. And I have been critical, so critical, of the politicians that took us to the Iraq war. And I have every right to do so. But I can tell you, Alex Jones, I have all the sympathy in the world for the soldiers, having been one. And anyone that questions uh, my patriotism that I would behave this manner, that's a direct insult to me, my family. It's a direct insult to my mother and father. My father had six bronze battle stars in World War II. My mother was a World War II veteran, a nurse in North Africa. My brother, my brother is a Vietnam veteran, served in Da Nang, and myself a veteran. My entire family are veterans. We were all enlisted men. We were at the bottom rung of who joins and goes and has to fight and go to war. So for someone to state that I would take joy and pleasure, and especially one of my SEAL teammates would die, that I would enjoy that is despicable. It's wrong. And this never happened. And I can't know what what the motives are for this uh, i can only assume that obviously the war machine or the people that support war uh, do not like to hear people talk who don't support war but i have never ever wished death upon ever any military serviceman alex that's the most ridiculous thing we've known each other go back and look at everything i've ever said 
in public that is recorded. You always you say the same input. thing. You always say, th I mean, I've been in airports where you shake the troops' hands, thank them for their service, get a tear in your eye and say, be safe. You've always said you're against the wars, feeding these good men and women in there. When I called you when the Navy SEALs helicopter, the ones that knew about the bin Laden raid, and it blew up, you got upset on the phone. And this is clearly designed, he says it with real pleasure in his eyes, uh, to make the military and the Navy SEAL community turn against you. It's the worst thing, the worst story that you could ever make up. And it is vicious. And I, I have to think it's more than to just sell this book. Uh, when you find out he's going after government contracts internationally with the military and domestic police agencies with his craft group, uh, it is super creepy. Uh, Governor, to Fox News, who's the main, I mean, they are, they're acting like this is the number one story in the country. They are, I mean, for four days, every other show, this guy's on there. They're reporting it as it's a fact. They're clearly going after you. Obviously, do you want to call for a retraction? Because it, they don't put a Navy SEAL claims he punched out Ventura. They state it like they got video of it. They never try to call the bar owner. They never call for witnesses. They just put him on TV like it's true and, and and this is unbelievable well certainly i would like a retraction and uh you know i i've uh i i'm you know i'm going to defend myself alex i'm not going to say over the show what i'm doing right now but uh, you know i'm i'm not taking this lying down this is extremely serious it's heartbreaking truly to me that someone would accuse me because like i said it's like accusing my family my mother and father taught me and they taught me well and and you know everyone in my family's a veteran and anyone who knows me the guys that served with me why don't why don't they talk to some of them and ask them how i was talk to my master chief terry mother moy you know, and, and, and ask him, would I say anything like this? This is absurd, and it can be easily uh, counteracted if I was up in the States. But again, like you said, Alex, how timely. Uh, obviously, I must be under some type of surveillance for people to know exactly when I would cross the border and have no means to communicate or to, to fight for myself, and it would give them the time to sink this story in and, uh, and, and across the airwaves. And then, of course, fiction becomes fact, I guess, as many times. You know, the damage is done. I can't do anything about that. But you can bet that I will seek a full retraction of this, and I'll tell you if you want to, any one wants on your show, uh, I demand a retraction because what this person is saying is unequivocally untrue. If I would have said those things, he would have hit me, but he never hit me. So clearly, Alex, I did not say those things. If, if, if this Kyle uh, individual, this Chris Kyle was standing in front of you, uh, who wants to make his big name off to trying to destroy your honor. If he was standing in front of you right now, what would you say to him? Because undoubtedly he's going to watch this. I would simply ask him uh, um, why he would lie about committing a crime against me. Why would he go on national TV and lie about assaulting me, which is a crime, and, uh, and admit that he did it? What'd you say? And and admit that he did it if he said he did. And and I know I'd look at him and smile and go, "You've never hit me in your life." Well, it's incredibly. You've never hit. 
I mean, I mean, it's incredibly cowardly. You know, I, I've done a lot of interviews with you, Governor, and 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 been on your TV show for three seasons now. But and I've you know, met your wife, great lady. I, I I know she's been in the background before during interviews. I've never heard her jumping in. Sounds like Carrie's pretty upset. What's your wife think of this? No, this, of course she is. We've been married 36 years. She knows me better than any other person on the planet does. And like any couple, when one couple is hurt, the other feels the pain also. Anyone that's ever been in love and had a wife knows that. And so, sure, she's feeling my pain. She's feeling it with me as she always has. She, But uh, there's not a more loyal person in the world and, uh, uh, than her. And uh, I know I always have her support 100%. And she certainly, she has been out there with me. My wife has been to McPee's. Uh, she knows that nothing like that would ever happen or she would know about it. She's friends with many of my SEAL team teammates. Uh, I, I challenge this, Alex. I challenge the SEAL community for anyone else who knows of this event to come forward because no one will. And if they do, they're being untruthful because it did not happen unequivocally. This guy never hit me. I don't even know him. If he walked into the room right now, Alex, I wouldn't know who he was. Well, when it, when the truth comes out, he's going to be known as a, basically a Benedict Arnold. Next to the word defamation in the dictionary is going to be a picture of this guy because I cannot imagine anything more dishonorable than, than, than to be part of a community, an elite community of people that serve their country and then to concoct such a horrible lie and then to try to bring so much pain to uh, the Navy SEALs and their families that have lost or been wounded and to try to blame it all on you, it is beyond sickening and disgusting and cowardly. And that's why when I heard this and saw this and registered the body language, I went and did research on this guy and a chill went up my spine. The Richard Pearl, Dick Cheney connections. Uh, you know, he's a he's an Eric Prince Blackwater wannabe setting this thing up in Dallas. I thought, oh my God, they they put him up to this, and I got I got I got nauseous nauseous by Friday when I could. I, I knew this was going to be pure bull, Jesse, and I, I just I just cannot believe it. Just well, look, they're scared of you. You ought to be proud they're doing this. They want to destroy you politically, even though you weren't intending to run. Uh, and, and I, you know, I wrote an article yesterday about this with Paul Watson. I said this may have the opposite effect. If they think this is going to run you off and 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 make you go into the sunset, this may pull you out of the sunset, Jesse. Because I know you've been veering towards going off into the sunset. Well, only to surf, Alex. You know, but again, on a, on a serious note, for him to make allegations that I would take any joy in a United States military person dying in a war, I don't. And when you ask me what, what I would say to him if I saw him face to face, I would say, how dare you? I can be against a war, but I have never, ever been against the poor soldiers, sailors, and airmen that have to fight it, regardless of which war that is. And I've lived through a lot of them, Alex. Because it's 30 years now of my life that my country has been at war. And I'm sick of war, and I'll say it to anybody, I despise war. War is the failure of politicians. Their ultimate failure is the ultimate, ultimately why you have war. 
but I would never, ever say anything to hurt any soldier, sailor, or airman because they did their job. Is that strong enough, Alex? It's strong, Governor. Uh, I just wonder what they're thinking because Fox News and others have really opened themselves up, repeatedly stating this like it's a fact. They never say claim. They say, uh, but again, knocking you out, that's to make you, you know, defame you as a tough guy, as you're known to be. And then, but that's nothing in my view, as you've agreed. I mean, I, I mean, they've got to know that you're obviously going to come after them. And it's just, it's mind blowing that they, before Fox went with this, before others did, that they didn't call McPees and find out that this was total bull. Well, it is total bull because, uh, you know, Doc McPartland, like I said, I've known him. He was one of my instructors after I completed BUDS and I went to what they call SBI, SEAL Basic Indoctrination. And I see the doc all the time when I'm down there. I always ask him how business is going. And, and, and if this event would have happened in his bar five and a half years ago, or his, it's a bar eating establishment, both. If this wouldn't have happened, this would have been on the news five and a half years ago. How does it suddenly rear its head five and a half years later? Because it's not true. It did not happen. Nobody's ever hit me there. Nothing like that has happened. And, you know, I'll be interested to see what witnesses can possibly come forward to this event because you can't have a witness to an event that didn't happen. That's right. And and Fox and all the other channels always just take clips of interviews from my show without asking. But uh, I'm, I'm here giving them permission if they want to try to begin to set things right. Not that that's possible. But I mean, they're basically on notice. You better attract. And, and knowing them, they don't care. I mean, look at News Corp with what they've been caught doing in England, spying, bribing, wiretapping people. Uh, they have the New York Post, uh, you know, do similar things before that they did have to retract on 9-11 truth groups. And, they're, and, the, and they just don't care. They've got a mission because they know they're getting ready to start a new war. And they want to try to discredit you ahead of that. They hate the fact that you are a UDT Navy SEAL. They hate the fact that you're a popular movie star, wrestler, uh, governor, mayor, best-selling author. Alex, they Alex, Alex, let me interject for a moment on McPease. McPease would never let me back in if I would have said those things. I can tell you that. Doc McPartland would never even let me set my foot in there if I would have stated what this guy said I said. Well, they're trying to turn the whole SEAL community against you. I, I think this is just a look. You called into my show first, and then you were on the local TV and newspapers the next day with retractions when they said you were tailgating like a maniac in California getting to the airport. And I just talked to you the day before to get you on the radio show the next week when you were in Minnesota. I called your Minnesota. I mean, you don't, you, you haven't flown in 16 months because of the TSA groping you. It's all over the news. You're suing them. All of this is going on, and they have TMZ hooked up with Fox come out and say that you're this maniac, and then they remove the article but don't retract when your lawyer calls them, and now they do this again with this guy rolling out of a, I think this guy's a useful idiot that the insiders contacted and talked into doing this. I mean, that's clearly what happened here, and I don't, I, he doesn't seem like he's that smart, and I think he's going to get in a lot of trouble. Well, I don't know. I, I, you know, like I said, 
Uh, I'm going to do what I need to do to uh, uh, clear clear this matter up. You know, I won't rest on just simply talking to you. I will, you know, pursue other avenues. But it's difficult for me because of the timing. I'm way down here in Mexico right now, and uh, you know, I don't have access to get on television and deny these charges unless I drive all the way back up. And you know, that's a two-day drive. That's very brutal. So. Uh, the timing of this is also very remarkable, Alex, and it's amazing that, you know, but I, I thank you because just keep, I, I, in fact, I have to ask you, Alex, help. You're my man right now. You're my media guy. You're the only guy I have access to talk to. So it's going to fall on your shoulders, my friend, to clear my name here immediately. Well, we all know what happened. You bet. I'm the one. It was my crew showed it to me a few hours after it happened. That was on Wednesday. And I said, this is going to no, that was Thursday. I said, this is going to get really, really big. And uh, by Friday, it was all over the TV stations. And I just kept, you know, telling Ty, who's trying you every five minutes, try to get your dad. To, you know, obviously this isn't true, but we got to get a response. And now they, I'm sure they think it's real funny what they've done. And I know, you know, you've been working really hard. You deserve a vacation. But I'm afraid you're going to probably have to get back in the RV and drive up to California. But here's the problem. You know, in the last five years, when you went on CNN, Fox, you cleaned their clocks. So now they don't have you on as often. And uh, I think they're probably going to try to close the doors on you so they can just get away with all this. But they're not going to be able to ignore, obviously, what comes out of it later. Uh, but um, that's just what Rupert Murdoch does. But I think you're right. Your initial point that this is News Corps doing this, this is their specialty. And so you ought to, I mean, it's the mark of the fact that you're a patriot and that you'll tell, talk about 9-11 being an ins having evidence of inside job. You'll talk about Kennedy being assassinated by the government or elements of it. You'll talk about the wars being frauds. Uh, you'll talk about all this. So they need to try to destroy you ahead of this big police state. You've been criticizing their NDAA, their, their TSA. The checkpoints on the highways. Uh, look, look, they're in. They're putting out fake ads saying that Ron Paul put them out, being racist towards Asians, and then it turned out it was tracked back to uh, Huntsman's people. And, and but the media now won't won't retract it. I mean, they're they're listen. They've got people dressed up as racist hayseeds claiming that they support Rand Paul and Ron Paul and getting caught. They're they're uh, governor. I think you're going to see more dirty tricks. I mean, they because you're over the target. Well, maybe so, Alex. You know, there's nothing I can do about that. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to continue to speak out on everything because I believe, I believe in our Constitution. I believe in our Bill of Rights. And I believe that they're right in the crosshairs right now. If the country doesn't rise up and protect citizens and, and our Constitution and Bill of Rights, that we're going to lose our country because uh, I truly believe that because everything that I'm learning and the more I get into it and see what's going on, the more we have to be that much more vigilant. And as I said, I'm, i got to count on you now, Alex, because right now my hands are tied down here. I don't have the ability to, to uh, although if, if it could be set up that I could do television somewhere, I would be happy to go you know, on satellite and go on any one of these shows so if you're in contact with Fox, who appears, appears to be out to destroy me, tell them I'll be available anytime I possibly can. But because of the remoteness of where I live, it's difficult. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree totally that it would be in his best interest to tell the truth. Absolutely, that this thing never happened and, and that it's all fabricated because the longer it goes on, the worse and worse it's going to be. 
Wow. Uh, well, Governor, thank you so much. Uh, you've got our hotline numbers here throughout the week. Anytime you've got points you want to make, uh, and, and, and I know you're down there to exercise and to t you know take a few months off before you come back. And I know you're down there writing another book now that's coming out uh, uh, later this year. But what a way to start 2012. Uh, they are. I mean, the sim something similar happened to me, and you know it's staged when suddenly it's all over the Dallas Morning News, Denver Post, national TV within minutes. You know, extras calling you. But I was out there protesting uh, Obama in 2008 at the uh, DNC because I knew he was going to be the same as Bush. And Michelle Malkin shows up, and these people start screaming, kill Michelle Malkin, and getting behind me and leaning down behind me. And they had cameras. And I was like, what are you doing? And they had a mask and hats on. And then I saw them leave with Malkin, and I was like, what was that? And then the headlines were out within hours that I was saying, kill Michelle Malkin leading a mob. And I had people saying, your career is over. You're saying, kill women. Thank God we were able to upload video. I threatened to sue a bunch of people and all retracted with the Dallas Morning News. But that was enough to discredit them. And they, and they tried to say I was saying, kill a woman, Gov. So I've, I've had them do similar stuff. Let me just say this, Alex. I won't threaten. <laughs> well, it's just amazing. If you get what I just said. If you got what I just said to you, I won't threaten it. You sound pretty mad at uh, at Chris Kyle. Well, I didn't even know his name until you told it to me today. That shows you how distant this whole thing is. I don't even know who he is. I I, I have no idea if I've ever met him. Because, you know, when I go out there, you meet many other SEALs that weren't of your era. And, you know, hi, how you doing? You shake hands or whatever it might be. Or they come up to you. Because I know for many times I was there always with Rudy Bosch, you know, Chief Bosch mm -hmm. from Survivor. And we would be so inundated with picture taking that we would sit and laugh. And Rudy and I would say, you know, we need to get those cardboard cutouts so everyone can stand next to us and get their picture taken. And that way we can go over and enjoy and have fun because it would take it. You know, at that point, Rudy was red hot because he was the original Survivor show and all that. And so that would go on. So there has never been a time at any SEAL event that I've gone to where I felt threatened, where I've been assaulted where anything bad has ever happened to me. And, you know, being flattened or knocked down into a bar, in a bar five years ago, you would think I could remember that, Alex. You'd think that would make an impression on me, but it hasn't. But we know, because, because I've seen you with troops and had you on my show 50 times and seen in other shows, you always say, my heart goes out to those dying because of these lying politicians. It's so horrible. I mean, you would never say something like that. I've seen you talk about your mom and dad and get a tear in your eye. I mean, that is such a load of venomous garbage. And, and I want to close with a quote here of an advisor to Fox News and, and one of their main political correspondents in an interview with the New York Times Magazine, October 17, 2004, when Karl Rove said, in what we call the reality-based community, which he defined as people who believe the solutions emerge from your judicious study of discernible reality, that, quote, 
That's not the way the world really works anymore, he continued. We're an empire now, and when we act, we create our own reality. And while you're studying that reality judiciously, as you will, we'll act again, creating other new realities, which you can study too, and that's how things will sort out. We're history's actors, and you, all of you, will be left just to study what we do. My dad last night was over for dinner, and he said this reeks of Carl Rove, who lives here in Austin, by the way, and, 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 and regardless, they think they can just tell the public something, and that makes it reality, like Obama saying dropping bombs all over Libya is not a military action, but is a kinetic action. Uh, they think just because they roll some punk out to say something, that makes it true, Governor. Well, absolutely, and it doesn't make it true. And when I come back and get back up there, the, uh, in fact, before I get there, you know, the, the ball will be rolling. You know, I'm, I'm doing what I can do to clear my name, and I'll do whatever it takes to do that. Because, uh, you know, I, I'm the kind of guy, Alex, I'll, I'll be happy to admit when I do something, but I don't want to be credited with things that I don't do. And uh, I would think this yeah. guy wouldn't want to be credited also with assaulting me. You know, he never did it. It never happened, and why? I, I, somebody needs to ask him why he's telling this story because it's not true. Well, I tell you, Gov, this is going to boomerang on them because they crafted the most vicious lie they could and sold it as if it was absolute truth from the beginning because they are concerned about you. They are scared of you with a third-party run or or if somebody picks you for a VP. They know you've been talking behind the scenes some that the libertarians. Uh, and their concerns. So they, 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 they put something out saying you were glad that Navy SEALs were dead in front of their family. The most sickening thing you could say to military people. They, when they made their move on you, they did it when you were out of the country. They forged the most wicked lie they could. And, uh, you know, you say you will defend yourself. You're not stupid. You've got to. You're not going to probably, the way they're hyping it, uh, do very well from this unless you absolutely, you know, go after these people. And you know that. And so I, God knows what's coming next if, if they're going to, uh, move with something this dangerous. Yeah, I don't know, Alex, but uh, I'll be on my toes. I have to admit, though, this one caught me off guard. I never expected to be hit with what they hit me with. Oh, they're going to make up a lie. If they're going to make, well, listen, Ty was telling me that uh, that you were talking about it's kind of arcane, but you know, being an expert on the JFK assassination and covering it in your hit TV show for True TV, uh, and people can read your statements, by the way, at the real Jesse Ventura on Facebook. We're linked to the statement at Infowars.com. The article is exclusive: Jesse Ventura blast Navy SEAL punch hoax as a total lie. Uh, but, uh, you know, you talked about, uh, but, but in your own words, and I know you got to go, uh, that this is like them mailing a rifle, uh, the Carcano from Chicago to Dallas when you could buy a gun anywhere with no registration in 1963. You said, what are they going to start mailing guns from Chicago to you down in Baja, Mexico? I don't know, but, uh, always remember, Alex, they, you know, they said that Oswald was in Mexico while they also said he was at a shooting range. And so I'm getting accused of doing all these things. Do you think there's a double of me? You know, there's that famous book, uh, Lee and Harvey. I believe Armstrong is the author. 
Do you think that they have a double of me out there that's causing all this trouble? <laughs> well, you know what? That is the exact kind of stuff they do. You know what they did to Garrison? He'd be in an airport and walk in the bathroom, and men would start trying to grab on him, and there'd be police waiting right there. I mean, uh, look, look, they're doing a whole bunch of this stuff to Ron Paul, too, right now. They Again, they put out a fake video saying it was his, making fun of Asians. Fox, CNN all took it, and it turns out now it goes back to one of the, the people he's running against, and they're even bragging about it. That's how dumb they think the public is. So pray for Jesse Ventura, pray for Ron Paul, pray for me, uh, because, folks, you know, we're not perfect, but we're not under the globalist insider's control, and that's why we're wild cards, we're loose cannons. The system is scared of us. Governor, thank you so much. Uh, okay, one, one, one last thing, Alex, one last thing. I want to state on your show first. My wife and I are not suicidal. We're in great health. We're good drivers, and uh, and we don't have Twitter. So anybody that says that I've Twittered anything, I, you know as well as I do, I don't own a cell phone. And you got to own a cell phone to Twitter. So anything done on Twitter is also false. But again, Alex, we're, we're not suicidal. We're in good health, and we're very good drivers. Well, you and your wife are very smart, so I don't have to tell you something you don't know. But for some of the new audience, may not understand. I told Ty the same thing off air. I said, uh, you know, sometimes they do a really bad demonization and then they kill you so that you can't defend yourself. So I'm glad you got this out here. And, and, and please, viewers and listeners, make sure you get this out to everybody, to everybody out there, uh, because if they can destroy Jesse, folks, we got to stand together or hang separate. As Ben Franklin said, that's why we got to stand with Governor Ventura against this outrageous lie, because they'll get away with it with Ron Paul or anybody else that comes out in the future. We've got to stand with Governor Ventura right now. I mean, look at how they shut down that episode okay, of the state FEMA camps. That's most of the interview. I ran out of time. I'll have a little bit more tomorrow, 11 a.m. Central. Great job of the crew. And again, Jesse came on and said, yes, we must stand together. They can destroy me. They can destroy anybody. God bless you all. Infowars.com will post the full interview. That was the end of part one. Join me next time for part two. Until then.